<laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Awesome. All right. So, Rakesh, thanks for coming on. Um, how's it going in Queensland, by the way? I mean, are you staying dry? Certainly am. Uh, staying dry is not really the issue. It's the heat that uh, that I'm trying to cope with, the heat and the uh-huh. humidity. Uh, I've been in Queensland for years now, and I still can't adjust to the weather here. But um, it is what it is. Uh, I'd prefer not to complain openly about it because there's a lot worse happening in the world right now. 100%. Yeah. Well, and, and before this, though, you were giving me a little bit TMI about, you know, it's particularly hot in your home <laughs> office. So you've decided to go into the office and away from the, your home office. Oh, yeah, definitely. The, the home office is uh, it's like a sauna and going into a sauna in the middle of summer is it's not ideal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. OK, cool. And is your wife back at work yet? I know you said she. Uh, yeah, she. Um, so the, the hospital she works at is literally right on the, the river. Uh, they okay. were unable to get in for uh, a couple of days, especially when the, the water was sort of blocking off most of the, the roads and the train service wasn't working. Uh, so she she is back at work now. The, the one day I went to go and pick up, I had to do a bit of a MacGyver move there and try and figure <laughs> out how to, to get to the hospital because with high tide, uh, the, the, the water came up because it rained at night as well. Uh, yeah, it was a little bit of a mission to get into the hospital, but ultimately managed to do it. So, no oh, dramas wow. there. Yeah. Well, I didn't even know that tides were, I guess, an issue with that. I thought it was just fighting with rain. <laughs> I was like, but what is this? <laughs> the ocean's uh, also coming up too, I guess. Yeah, definitely. Okay. Jeez. All right. Well, glad you're staying dry, and um, <laughs> hopefully you're in a cooler climate now. <laughs> um but yeah, no, I totally threw you in um, the deep end on this. You're literally the first guest on this uh, mini podcast series that we're actually calling Spodcast. Um, an employee the other day, we were, we were brainstorming for names, and he just literally shouted that out um, as a total joke. Not serious, but uh, it actually, everyone's been loving it. So um, that's probably what we're going to go with. <laughs> um, with a, a, a funny name, and it, it kind of, uh, you know, I think one thing COVID has, has taught us is that uh, life's too short to take things too seriously. Mm. Um, I, I actually got dressed up for this today. <laughs> uh, <laughs> That's okay. Me, I'm not wearing shorts or anything underneath. Uh, I've actually got pants on. Uh, it's been a while since I've uh, I've been like this. Normally, it's just chuck a t-shirt on and, you know, with working at home, you just put on shorts. And uh, yep. I suppose coming into the office, you, you've got to, I wouldn't say dress appropriately to impress anyone, but uh, I think it's a bit more of a, a high performance culture. In years. Yeah, yeah. It's like putting your gym clothes on before the gym, that type <laughs> of thing, I guess, yeah. maybe. <laughs> Which are pretty essential to do the job. <laughs> Although um, we have a bunch of developers here and uh, they're not wearing the pajamas, but some days um, it gets a little bit close to that. So <laughs> I think we've drawn the line at uh, jandals or uh Flip-flops, sandals, Have you seen or some of thongs. The, um, the online, I think it's mainly the the Teams adverts out there, like the Microsoft adverts. And no. um, they, they've got IT uh, developers and the, the stuff they, they do in terms of between meetings, while they're in meetings and, and all that. It's quite hilarious. But uh, yeah, when you get a chance, have a look at it. I might see if I can find some of the videos and I'll flip those through to you. Yeah, no, definitely do. Okay, that'd be good. Um, 
Cool. So I guess the whole reason on why I asked you to come on was we had this great conversation right after your vacation. Um, you were all uh, relaxed up because um, you had your feet in the sand somewhere. I forget where. I was up in the Sunshine Coast. Uh, okay. Coolum Beach. So we, cool we got beach. one of those. Um, forget the name of the tent. It's not a cabana. It's the other one. It's more of a traditional tent looking thing. Um, okay. My, my wife was pretty impressed with it because she's very averse to, to being in the sun and what have you. Anyway, uh-huh. it was a bit of a damper. We got there and the first couple of days it stormed nonstop. And I was like, oh. we didn't even have internet access in the hotel room. So uh, I read, which I suppose was, was part of the, the break, like to unwind, you know, disconnect from all of the digital that we were constantly having to deal with on a day-to-day basis. So... Yeah, it was uh, it's pretty good. Did a fair yeah. bit of reading that, that trip. So good to unplug. And you said your wife was impressed. Was she also impressed with uh, your skills and putting up the tent and oh, everything? Mate, or? It was like a... Literally, I, I unwrapped it and I checked it on the sand and there's a couple of pegs you put in and it uh-huh. just popped up on its own because it's got like a little bit of a hydraulic thing and all. Okay. There you go. Hopefully she, hopefully she doesn't know that. You're like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. Very cool. Okay. And then, so yeah, reading, unplugging. And so I imagine you, well, what you highlighted to me, but what maybe the audiences know, you have a lot of new ideas that you thought about that are going to kind of, you, you have some areas that you want to scrutinize in your, I guess, in your firm and your, also your life that you might want to change. Um, yes, definitely. Um, so something I didn't mention about the, the trip was um, I had taken my trainers and all uh, the plan was to, to go on these uh trying to do a, a 10,000 step challenge. Like we do 10,000 steps every day because okay. uh, the last couple of years I haven't really been kind to my waistline. Um, <laughs> and um, yeah, so I'm trying to get back in shape. And Good part of that doing the, the 10,000 steps is, uh, you know, if you're doing slow and steady, uh, it's got to be at a reasonable pace and all. And you, you, you're hitting a certain uh, calorie burn rate and, and what have you. Uh, and doing that while listening to something passes the time by a, a lot quicker and you don't really feel like you're doing something which uh, traditionally I would have not enjoyed doing. So uh, one of the books I've actually listened to as an audio book, uh, it was around, uh, forget the title, but it, it was talking about imposter syndrome. And okay. th- that's something I've had to deal with in, in the past. And uh, I, I didn't really think it was as common as it probably is now. Uh, maybe because people now realize that more and more people are affected by it. And so they, they're openly talking about it. Yeah. So uh, on those walks, listening to the book, I was actually thinking about, okay, well, what, what am I going to do and take away from the the book and apply in the business? Okay. Uh, and so there's a few different things that I've, I've been working on. One of those is uh, with regard to the, the team, uh, essentially there's, there's a few lines of communication that you'd work with uh, Think of a, a Jeff Bezos, for example. Yeah, uh, I know him well. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're we're all uh, closely closely related in, in some way, shape, or form. Uh-huh. Um, so he he doesn't necessarily talk to all of the Amazon employees. I think they've got like hundreds of thousands of people that of course. work for Amazon. Uh, he talks to maybe two or three people at at most because they give him the information that he really needs to know. And that allows him to do what he does in the business, which is driving the vision. Well, I suppose up until he, he decided to step down. 
Um, yep. th- that's how he'd operate, right? And I was like, why, what's wrong with adopting the same sort of approach in the firm? And traditionally, I've, I've always been, oh, you know, no one else is, is doing this, or if anyone is doing it, they're very successful, and we can't do that because we're a small firm. But listening to the book, and I was like, no, maybe we should change things up and empower the team a bit more. Uh, that That's one thing, because at some stage, I, I would like to be able to take less of an active day-to-day uh, role in, in the firm. Uh, yep. I still like to be involved in uh, the, you know, driving the forward direction of, of where we're going. But ultimately, I'd like to step back from uh, you know, working in the business, rather work on it. Yep. And... Right now, the way things are working, that's not going to be quite possible. Or maybe a couple of months ago, it wasn't possible. Uh, because I'd always be stressed about, oh, I've got to do this for this client, and I've got to do that for that client. And you, we tend to hold too much uh, with us. And so what I've started doing is I'll delegate to each of the team. Uh, so Monday, we'll have a, it's pretty much a, a Monday morning meeting. Uh, and then we'll go through what action items need to be achieved for that week. It helps with the workflow management. And then uh, everyone knows what they've got to work on. And it doesn't, they, they're not constantly coming back to me and saying, oh, I don't have work, I don't have work. Or uh, they, when they come back and they're like, oh, I don't have work. And you're like, I've got so much work. <laughs> uh, it, you know, it's, uh, it, it helps with the stress management. or you know, It takes the pressure off me, ultimately, because I know that I can rely on the team. Um, and previously, when we started working together, so just to give you a heads up in terms of the way my team is structured, uh, mm-hmm. they're, they're based offshore. I've got a, a VA in the, the Philippines, and I've got a couple of accountants who are based in Sri Lanka. Uh, so there, there's some time differences there. And um, and do the teams get together very often, or, or is it kind of siloed, I guess? No, no. I, I think the way that I prefer for everyone to work is as if we were in the same country. And I mean, uh-huh. uh, like the, the Facebook metaverse type of thing. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. So yeah, we, we catch up on a daily basis uh, and together. So given the time difference, I'll normally catch up with uh, my, my VA uh, in the morning. So 9am is generally when we do our, uh, let's call it a huddle. Uh, then I okay. catch up with the accountants at midday and do another huddle with them then. Uh, then on on given days, uh, that, that's fairly flexible. But generally on Fridays, we do a like a professional development afternoon. We For a couple of hours, we'll go through some training and um, we'll pretty much record the session and then uh, everyone will go away and action their relevant bits. Um, yeah. So what I have is the, the whole team on a call at once and then we, we kind of, uh, everyone is... They all know who each other are, who each other is, and um, yeah, the, during the week they they're constantly communicating. Uh, we use Teams internally, so you know their role is on chat. It's, yeah, um, yeah it, it it has helped in terms of the the culture internally. Uh, before it was all it was a very siloed thing, and uh, I was like, oh, I'm having to now talk about the same stuff to different people when all I should really be doing is saying it once and then uh, doing the troubleshooting after that. So. That, that switch has actually worked really well. Okay. No, that's, that's awesome. Um, well, and so with your staff and all, I, that's great. But just to go come back to you, I guess, what you were saying about your whole, your whole challenge with the 10,000 steps a day. Yeah. I know before you were saying that you're getting up really early. Um, I think, how early did you say again? Uh, like if I do a 4 a.m. 
So get up at four. Four a.m. I thought it was five a.m. Okay. No, no, no. If I do now. five, then I'm I'm edging into uh, new territory. That that sort of affects the rest of the flow for the day. So okay. Uh, generally, that that walk. Uh, initially, I was doing the the ten thousand steps, as in I, I do maybe seven thousand uh, at that point in time, and then I'd go and get on with the rest of my day, and that's how I'd complete my ten thousand steps. But having to work from home, there's not much walking that happens during the day. So if I wake up at, at four, then I do my full ten thousand uh, before everything else has happened, and gives me a bit of a, a sense of achievement that you know I've actually <laughs> I can tick something off the the list. Get home. Yeah, and while everyone up. else is uh, still sleeping, oh, <laughs> you're you're out there you ticking see, lists off. You, you actually see more people out and about at that time of the day than you oh, really? do the the rest of the day. Like I don't think I've ever had to say that uh, like good morning that many times. Uh, Monday mornings. <laughs> Is a, is a good one because on the back end, so it's it's a round trip, the the path I take. Uh, on my way back, that's when you see everyone coming uh, toward, like, there's a fair, fair few people that walk through that park. But uh, yeah, you're constantly having to say good morning, good morning, good morning. And I don't want to be rude. Uh, and, you know, they'll be like, look at this guy, you know, he's, he's a, a grumpy Gus. Uh, uh-huh. So, you know, it, it helps as well because I find just smiling, and, and having external communication with other people, it, it lightens your mood for the day. And yep. you, you then feel a lot more relaxed with the way you, you, you carry on throughout the, the rest of your schedule. Yeah, so, I guess, yeah, you're met with positivity, all those smiley faces, and you're getting your positive endorphins in you, uh, there, right in one, the early. Oh, yeah, 100%. There, there's actually one guy who, um, he's in a wheelchair. And, and I okay. see this guy... Not an electric wheelchair or anything, but he's 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 putting in the the hard yards, and he's moving more faster than more most people can actually walk, and uh, so whenever Wait, I so I, is he is he doing it with his hands or yeah, how's okay I was gonna say otherwise that, that's totally cheating all right it's not it's not a um, like a, a flat path it's it's okay. undulating you know it's got these uh, high points low points, and if you're in a wheelchair you can't really. Well, if you've got wheels and you're wanting to cruise down uh, when you're going down a slope, you can't yep. really say, okay, I'm just going to let go. And you have to have control of it because there's other people on the path. So it takes okay. a fair bit of effort to, to do that. And like, that really just gives me inspiration that you can achieve anything that you put your mind to. Wow. Um, and, you know, so whenever I feel like, oh, I can't uh, go into the steps today, I'm just like, no, no, no. I think of that guy and... Uh, initially, I'd I'd not greet him. I just do the the old head nod, and uh-huh. as as we pass each other nowadays, it's more. It's a, he actually lightens my day. Well, not my day, but that moment, he, he brightens it up. So I'm just like, you know, I, we'll actually have a bit of a convo, and I don't want to kill his flow. So I'll start talking to him when I see him. Uh, you know, maybe twenty meters away, uh, it might be a little bit weird seeing someone uh-huh. yelling at another guy, but in a friendly way. Um, but yeah it's, yeah, it's actually been been good. Um, hopefully one day I'll, I'll follow the same route he does. Uh, well, hopefully you won't be in a wheelchair someday. But uh... <laughs> <laughs> Fingers crossed. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I haven't seen him the last couple of weeks, though, because okay. that path has actually been uh, with the, the rains and stuff that we've had. A lot of it has Oh, it's probably all muddied up. up and... Okay. Yeah, I ruined like my trainers and they're going through, through the mud thinking, oh, it's it's not too bad. So you go on the grass on the side, and um, yeah, it's 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So you get this great morning, met with positivity, you get your positive endorphins in, and I imagine that energy is carried out throughout the day. And do does anyone at the you know at your firm get annoyed with the positive energy that you come into the office with every day, or does it flow into them and boost team morale? Or I, I think I guess, that that positivity uh, it it tends to. So I work out of a co-working space. Uh, okay. In my office, there's a bunch of other businesses. We've all got our separate sort of office space. Um, I find that if I don't do the, like, you don't have that good start to the morning, you come in and you're you're on a little bit of a low and your mood is maybe to the negative. Uh, yep. Whereas when you come in, you're, you're greeting everybody, the security guard downstairs, the lady at reception. Uh, I think I've spent more money buying her donuts than... Oh, wait, wait, who, are you, who are you buying donuts? donuts? Else. Uh, I buy these gluten-free cinnamon donuts. If you okay. get them at nine o'clock in the morning, they've just made the first, you know, the first few batches. Oh, all right, so they're like fresh. Really warm. Um, yeah. And yeah, so I, I bring them up. You get four donuts for like nine bucks. It's, it's a little okay. bit of a, a, a pricey. This is a good donuts though, <laughs> I imagine. Oh, they're they're awesome, man. If if you Pristine. I think they're called. Um, uh, I forget the name of the, the donut joint, but I'll... They used to be called gluten-free donuts, but they're called some... Happy Dough. Uh, that's what it is. Happy Dough. Okay. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, get the donuts come in and th- that smell, you know, it, it kind of... Uh, I like to walk through the office. So I'm <laughs> I, I've got that fragrance all over the place and then I drop them off to her. Uh, like I said, I haven't really started... I only started doing that the last couple of weeks and... I mean, I haven't been in the office for a week and a half. So I'm yeah, everyone's probably like, "Where's my damn donuts? <laughs> you're not, you're not in the office." <laughs> but yeah, that that kind of, I mean, if you're, uh, I, years ago, I watched this movie called uh, Pay It Forward, and okay. that kind of has stuck with me. You know, if you're feeling feeling good about your day and uh, maybe about yourself, uh, try and infect others with that. Uh, that, that joy. It's infectious, yeah. Yeah. Uh, there's nothing wrong with brightening someone else's day up. You know, it may even be just opening the door for someone or uh it's like I said uh, when when we were talking about it earlier. Uh imagine you've got eighty six thousand four hundred dollars in the bank. Someone takes sixty dollars and uh you know, you you're not necessarily gonna think about that sixty dollars because you've got a whole bunch left. Uh that that's like your day. You know, someone annoys you for 60 seconds you still have the rest of the day to to build positive memories rather mm-hmm. than dwell on that uh, that last neg- negative 60 seconds um, and I'm trying to take that approach with everything it's easier said than done but I think that I've got the the right path to to follow on there and it's also helped in terms of uh, like client relationships and, and things like that as well because okay. if if we're positive with our clients and we've got a very um, an open demeanor, it uh, it helps in terms of the conversations that we're able to have. Yeah, uh, they they're more more fruitful because you're you're more open to uh, feedback. They actually hopefully they they're getting infected by the the happiness and. Um, don't get me wrong. We're not the type of uh, business where we're always happy and, you know. Of course <laughs> not. Like that wouldn't on... be realistic at all. <laughs> We've got some, yeah. some gas here that we're, you know, inhaling every time we talk to someone just to make ourselves happy. Now, it's not like that. It's just 
like uh, maybe I'm exaggerating things a little bit, but generally when you're having a conversation with someone, if you're if you've got a, a lot of negative stuff going on in your life, it comes through in that conversation, and you're probably closing off uh, on what they're saying. So yep. we have this. Um, I was introduced to a thing called the the feedback loop by a Jordan Peterson. Or it, it probably yeah. was Jordan Peterson, but uh, the yeah. guy that introduced it to me was uh, his name is Jack Ferguson. He's a okay. He does some marketing work for professional service businesses. Yeah. And um, we we had a chat last year and we're talking about how generally accountants will talk to their clients where it's a one-way sort of thing. Mm. Um, and even when you're doing, because we were doing a bit of market research. And so what we're doing now is asking questions and trying to get as, as honest an answer from the, the audience base as, as possible. And then we use that to... Suppose adjust and cater for for their needs, and and I suppose yep. that, that's what I'm using when we do our initial, uh, let's say, when we do a breakthrough call with a, a lead. There's no point in me going in and doing all of the talking because they're the ones who have the, mm. the problem. I, I'm there as as a guide, not a hero. So the idea is to find out exactly what their issue is, um, and, and I've tried a few different things. One of them was asking why five times and. You know, you're digging deeper into yeah. exactly what the underlying issue is. But on the first conversation, that can be a little bit invasive. So ideally, okay. in that first conversation, is just to get a high-level understanding of where are they, where are they now, and where do they want to get to? And then that, that gap in between is where we'll go away and put together a solution for them. Generally, we'll fix fee that, and it becomes something that, I suppose, is, in a way, it's catered to each individual client but it fits within our core service offering. So uh, yeah, that, that's that's been really helpful in terms of the way we're, we're dealing with our clients. And I suppose it all starts off with being positive uh, and, and having that, that positive start. Uh, I'm not saying that negative people can't <laughs> can't do this, but you know, it, it, it actually makes it a lot more enjoyable when you're, you're more positive and, uh, and who, who doesn't love meeting new people? Uh, sometimes yeah. you'll have someone who may not necessarily be a good fit uh and you realize that earlier on in the conversation and you know they they've committed to giving you a half an hour so i generally try and stick the, the half an hour out uh mm. if if they're not a good fit it, it's always good to uh to suggest or give them some sort of recommendations of who might be a good fit yeah give them a referral them yeah because uh they, they've come to you because they have a need and they probably don't know where to go uh, thereafter, so might as yeah. well. There's yeah, people definitely. accountants nowadays, and you know why not help everyone uh, build a a business that's equipped for the future. Yeah, well, and hopefully some things come back your way as well. You know, um, but I, I love how you said. <clears throat> Even if they're not a best fit, like best fit, maybe for your firm, um, you still give them the thirty minutes. You still hear them out because. Um, Personally, I think one of the best ways to go about life, uh, whether it's in your life or your firm, um, is no matter who it is or whoever you're sitting in front of, you can learn something from them. Even if they're the nastiest, horrible, or most boring person, you can always learn one thing. Maybe even learn something of not to be that way or whatever it is. So I think that's such a healthy mindset and just uh, view yourself also as the the beginner or the student that you can learn from whoever it is. Maybe I should put it up in, in my... Uh 
in my office, Ted Lasso style, uh, <laughs> and just say, uh, always be learning, you know. Be, because, always. You know, there, there's that uh, Stephen Covey um, uh, analogy where he says you should always sharpen the, always sharpen the saw, uh, and maybe uh, up until like second year of of actually working, second year out of uni, I was like, oh, I've already studied and, and done what I need to do, and uh, I don't need to do any more study. Mm. And then you realize how much you don't know, and yeah. that, that can apply to to any area of. Uh, any industry, any area of expertise, uh, regardless of how much you think, you know, there's always more to, to know. Um, and, and so when you go into things with an open mind, it, it actually helps you progress a, a lot further. So I'm mm. actually looking at uh, the, like blockchain technology and how that'll work oh, yeah. in our industry. Uh, man, there, there's so much in there. I think you, if you were to be a specialist in that space, you, you'd not be able to encompass everything. You'd have to pick a specific area and then dig deep on that. It's just so broad. Oh, you have no. Do you do you dabble in crypto or blockchain, I, NFTs, I, or anything like that? No, I haven't. I've just kind of been watching from afar, I guess, yeah. and not watching that closely either. Um, I'm guessing you have. Uh, not not as close as I, I would like. It's just something that that has always inspired me uh, to to learn more about. And the one okay. thing that I, I came across was um, how charities who work on the blockchain will will operate. And mm -hmm. uh, I came across a charity. I think they're based in they're, they're Brisbane based actually. Okay. And the the guy was doing a talk, and he he told us how uh, with traditional charities, when you make a, a donation, you don't actually know where each dollar goes. Whereas when it's on the blockchain and you're dealing uh, with those sort of charities. Every dollar that you or any kind of currency that you, you donate to them, you have full transparency on exactly where that money goes. So uh, wow. I think the the functionality behind the blockchain is immense. But just that component, I, I'm looking at it from a, a purely accounting perspective. You'd be able to have more transparency over transactions than than we've had in in any of the, the past years ever. Uh, okay. Because everything is now within the blockchain, it's all logged. The the the, the propensity for uh, like fraudulent activity and that not not that it doesn't exist entirely, but there, there's a lot more barriers and uh, yeah, you you get a lot more out of it in the long yeah. term as opposed to just staying away from it. But you know. To each their own. Okay. Uh, Something to look into. I mean, like, well, also just as like a, cons no, a consumer per se, um, like if a charity had that capability where I could go and donate and see exactly where my money is going, that to me is is gold. Um, I would probably more likely invest or, you know, donate. Because um, like what, I, what always comes to mind is um, I remember this, uh, this church back in the States that I would attend sometimes. Um, you know, churches get donations from the people who go, they're tithing, yeah. et cetera. Um, but you don't know where that money is going necessarily. And each day you'd or each Sunday you'd come in, um, I would see, well, well, this one Sunday they bought new golf carts. They bought golf carts with the sole purpose of taking people from the parking lot to the front door. Parking lot that was maybe... Uh, a minute walk from the the front door, and that's what they spent the money on. Yeah. And and it's like, 
oh, it's just like, no, I don't want to give money to anything like that. Um, you know, so yeah, that would be very cool. I'd be interested in that. Meanwhile, you've got people starving around the corner and homeless people. It's, uh, yeah, I think it's what struck a chord with me when I when I came across this charity. I don't actually donate to them or anything. It was just the concept of the uh-huh. transparency. But um, years ago, I, I was uh, donating to the World Wildlife Federation or Foundation. Okay. Um, and at the same time, there was uh, a fair bit of, I guess you can call it illegal whaling or uh, anyway, there were ships that were killing heaps of whales and these guys couldn't do anything about it. Not because Jeez. they didn't want to. It was just because of the, the amount of red tape and the funding. And yep. I was like, okay, well, what happens to all of the funds that we donate to you guys? And um, this is probably going down the, the wrong, the <laughs> more of a negative um, vibe here, but they... They, they, they were their hands were tied mainly because they they couldn't do anything and the funding wasn't available and because okay. of that, that that issue there I was like well maybe if people knew exactly where money that they donated goes within the uh, the charitable organization uh, it would create a lot more satisfaction from uh, okay I'm actually donating to a worthy cause yeah so hundred percent. Well, it's that, it's that unknown, right? You don't want to spend money on something that's just wishy-washy, which is, um, I guess, to yeah, bring it back to just, probably... Just have a tax deduction, eh? <laughs> yeah, yeah, just have a tax deduction. or yeah. But also like that unknown of where's your money going? Am I getting value from it? Is yeah. also, I think, like what a lot of people struggle with, um, maybe advisory work that you do in your firm, um, you know, with clients pushing back, well, why do I need a forecast or why do I need a report, that kind of stuff. Um, oh, yeah, that... So. that, that um, that that sort of thing is when when you enter the uh let's call it the client relationship or the client that that initial interaction with your client uh having a, a chat about their the pain points and all it all stems generally from one or two things uh, mm. either they 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 don't know why they have to pay so much tax uh and the the cash flow is an issue and they're wondering why you know you constantly are being told that I've made this much in profit. When I look at my bank account, there's no money there. Or there is money there, but they, they're now having to pay all of these bills, like tax, GST, uh, you know, the PAYG withholding, uh, all of those sort of things. And then you're like, okay, well, here's why you've got to do those sort of things. And when you explain that to them uh, and how the, like most business owners are good at what they do, but if the understanding of numbers and the way that the financial statements work is, I wouldn't say basic, but it's very minimal. Uh, mm-hmm. They they know that if they're showing a profit, they're doing well. If they're not, then they're doing badly. But um, you know, in terms of you need a, a forecast or you need some some reporting, that conversation generally comes about because they've left it too long unattended. Uh, so generally, they wouldn't have someone looking after their books because it's all you know. Why should we pay someone else to do our books when we can do it ourselves? Generally, when uh, when you when you hear that from from a business owner, you're like, well, you're cutting off, you're closing the door on opportunity. If you so you ask, how long are you spending on your books? Generally, they'd say maybe four or five hours a week, or they'll go in either it's every day or they'll do one day a week where they solely do the invoicing and all of that. Um, and if you if you turn that on its head and you're like, okay, well, it's costing you this much because you look at the average hourly rate and you're like. 
this many hours yep. over the course of a month this is what it's costing you when you could actually go out there and be delivering you know, value to your clients or maybe winning more work uh, and, and the constant thing that we hear about is oh you know we we'll go out and do some business development and then we stop because we've now got to do the work and then <laughs> the, it sort of peaks and troughs they don't have a steady flow of work coming in yeah and that's one of the reasons that we didn't go down that route of okay well you, you've got to have more transparency on what sales you're doing what the related expenses are mm-hmm. uh, breaking down things like the marketing spend are they getting an roi on that uh when, when they pay the, the team members are they paying them for a reasonable efficiency rate or are okay. they paying them and only getting you know out of an eight hour day four hours of productive chargeable time uh, hmm. When you look at those sort of things, then you're like, okay, well, we can walk away with some decent, easy wins for them from you know, just looking at their financials. So part of that onboarding process involves a, a deep dive on their numbers. We'll go through, have a look, and then we have a chat about, okay, well, these are a few things that we can actually help you with in terms of moving forward. And yep. if we can find them the, the, the money within their, uh, their, their financials right now, that actually allows for them to invest into things like cash flow forecasting, getting more transparency around uh, how much cash well, that's, does that's really interesting. Wait, so why you're maybe not in the initial meeting, I don't know if you do it in the initial meeting, but you, you look into their cash flow currently and if they can even afford advisory services. That's right. So yeah. or uh, whatever way, services you're offering. Yeah. Our onboarding process is generally over two two meetings, two to three depending on okay. the size of the client and then also how many moving parts are involved. But generally, that first meeting is is a listen and learn. Second meeting, we go in. Uh, on the back of the listen and learn, we'll get access to the uh, accounting file, whether it be zero, QuickBooks, MYOB. Yep. We don't do too much with MYOB at the moment. Uh, it's mainly zero and, and QuickBooks that clients have. Uh, okay. And then generally, what we do on the back of that is we'll do a deep dive on the, the numbers, go away and see if we can actually find them some value. So. Uh, we want to try and get our clients wins before we, <laughs> we prepare them of for, course. for our our estimates. Uh, I'm not going to say that we're, we're the cheapest accountants, but we do charge. Um, oh, hey, you gave me the, uh, the Picasso analogy the first time we spoke, which was really interesting, which um, <laughs> what, you told me what Picasso is sitting in a restaurant and a lady comes up to him and was like, hey, Picasso, oh my gosh, it's you. Um, can you write or draw something, paint something on this napkin real quick? And he's like, yeah, 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 sure, no problem. And then paint something, gives it to her. And she said, okay, how much? And he's like, ah, oh, that'll be $5,000, please. And she's like, no, that, that took you 30 seconds to do. That's ridiculous. I'm not paying for this. And he's like, no, nah, miss, um, that took me about 40 years of my life to learn how to do that. Um, and that, I mean, I've, I've used that analogy so many times since talking to you first, not saying, you know, obviously, you know, no offense, you didn't make that up probably. Yeah. Right. <laughs> but you shared it with me. Yeah, 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 yeah. Or you could take the credit, whatever. I'm not, I'm not judging. <laughs> there, there's a few different versions of that, but, uh, look, 100%, that, that's exactly the, the way we, we try and operate. And if, if you're delivering value, your clients are generally not going to give you too much pushback in terms of uh, when they pay you. Uh, yeah. I know there's the whole value pricing and what have you debate. Uh, we, we use more of a hybrid system depending on the type of engagement and uh, what the client actually prefers to, to work with. Uh, when we use timesheets and that it's mainly from an internal perspective, okay, well, 
how productive did we actually make a profit on this engagement uh, how's our team performing and are we uh, you know from a performance management team do we need to then uh, look at additional training uh, do they need more support from me um, it's it's a bit of a a struggle or I wouldn't say a struggle maybe a bit of a challenge right now because the team uh, being offshore they they aren't um, I wouldn't say they're, they're fully proficient in, in the tax side of things so okay. they do most of the transactional stuff and then the, the tax is generally dealt with by myself so uh, if there are any accountants listening and they, they're keen to, <laughs> to to flick their resume through please do yeah, yeah, um, th- no, definitely. That's, that's something that we're we're looking at this year. And look, I mean, we're competing with some of the the best business, the best accounting businesses in in Australia when we're looking for talent. So it's tough out there. One hundred percent. And sometimes I think the the best way to connect is maybe on a personal level. Uh, yep. if, if they actually enjoy uh, working with us, that that's something that you know that could could be rewarding for them uh, i know with uh with covid a lot more people chose other things outside of the financial remuneration as the reason they stuck with an employer or they moved on mm. and you know it just goes to show that money doesn't necessarily drive everything uh, it's yeah. saying that the you know the, the salaries for new accountants nowadays are pretty high but We'll, we'll see how uh, how we work the the job market and whether we actually land this uh, evasive senior accountant role. Uh, it would be nice to bounce ideas off somebody in the office as well. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's good to have a you know sounding board to yeah bounce oh, ideas don't, don't off. Don't get me wrong, I, I do have uh, like other accountants that were, you know part of the coaching groups or, or peer groups where we bounce ideas okay. around, uh, but. Good old-fashioned face-to-face interaction. Uh, mm. that, that, I think everyone's yeah. craving that recently, oh, right? Hundred percent. We've actually got an event on Thursday that we're doing, uh, so that'll be face-to-face. It's the first face-to-face for the year. Normally, oh, we awesome. Well, before Australia Day, but yeah, this <laughs> uh, this year hasn't been well. I, I think uh, talking about normal is um, is is a thing of the past. We can't really do that anymore what's normal nowadays anyways. Yep. Yep. That's 100% true. <laughs> so your question was, what, what are some of the ideas or the things that we're working on uh, this year for, for the business? Yeah. Uh, obviously, uh, I've touched on uh, being able to bring someone on who, who can help drive the, the yep. business forward. Uh, but then also, the, the other thing was we're, we're trying to do a bit more in the estate planning space. Um, a lot of the okay. time when we we do deal with a client generally becomes something that uh, you know, estate planning is something the lawyers generally deal with. Uh, not that I'm against lawyers or anything, but we, we, we're kind of the gatekeeper for most of their financial life. And uh, taking care of the estate planning stuff is, is also something we'd like to be able to involve. So to be estate involved planning, in. personal wealth, that kind of stuff. Uh, yeah. So we don't actually have like a, financial services license or anything so mm-hmm. uh, it's more around okay well are your assets protected so i suppose uh, looking at it from a different perspective we're looking at asset protection a lot more this year than any other year uh, and then some of the other things that 
we're hoping to try and get out there are uh, leveraging of sort of uh, more more of the financial education element. Uh, I know uh, you know if you aware of uh, Jason Andrew from SBO no. Financial. No, I don't so think he, so. He's, he's got a he, he wrote a book called um, Stark Naked Numbers. Yeah, Stark Naked Numbers. Okay. Um, and it, it's it's a pretty decent read. Uh, so the idea behind uh, was why I brought him up was he's actually got a, a short course out there which is uh, on financial literacy for for business owners. Yeah. And it just gives you the basics on P and L balance sheets and that sort of thing. So. Rather than us charging our clients, you know, to to do one-on-one sessions with them, uh, what we're hoping to do is try and direct them to, and we're not going to recreate the wheel. His course was pretty pretty decent, so I'll, uh, what I'll end up getting most of the clients to do is, is go and uh, try it out, uh, okay. see what they take away from it, and you know, we we're trying to do more of that. And I suppose from a what else are we doing in in the business? Um, we have a client charter, which it's kind of like we've got commandments in terms of what a potential client needs to have in order for us to work with them. In the okay. past, we'd take on any clients because you know if you've got a pulse in a checkbook, come work with us. We'll we'll help you out. Yeah. What I've learned is that that creates too much of a uh, a negative vibe in in the business because okay. within. As the accountant, you should never be saying, I don't want to catch up with that client because, you know, for, for whatever reason. What you ultimately want to be able to do is say, I love working with my clients and enjoy having those interactions. And I realized fairly early on is that uh, the clients are generally categorized as, you know, there's only one category of client, <laughs> pulse and checkbook or pulse and willing to pay. Uh, <laughs> problem is that, over time, they they tend to build habits, and you know, good what what were seemingly good clients before become bad clients. So we're now. Uh, I hope it's okay to curse on on your podcast, but we now have a go for decades policy. Hey, so, there we go. Yeah. <laughs> so essentially, what that means is, uh, if we get along and we can have a conversation openly, and you can take feedback, or you know. Uh, negative feedback as not a criticism but more a as feedback essentially um, th- then that's that's something that we're open to working with uh, yep. however if we give you some feedback based on our on our initial findings and you're coming back and you're protective or you're you're having more of a uh, an aggressive reaction to it th- that's a good indicator that we're probably not going to be uh, a good fit moving forward because ultimately you, you want to be able to build your business with people you enjoy working with. So um, the goal is to, to try and get 50 good quality clients. Uh, if we okay. can charge them a fixed fee. So uh, we've got our packaging, you know, the pricing and pa- the pricing packages all done up. Uh, and essentially, if you come on and you're unable to, to, do, to have us do your bookkeeping, your tax planning and your compliance work, then you probably wouldn't be... Uh, a good fit and part of the the bookkeeping is that we we provide them with monthly reporting which gives them that insight into how the business is actually performing Uh, and and I know that there might be some bookkeepers listening Uh, we're not trying to steal anyone's thunder Uh, we do have our own in-house bookkeeping team that that takes care of the books Um, 
So there are great bookkeepers out there. Some clients tend to, to want to have you know, the, the existing team of, of accountants and bookkeepers look after that aspect of their financial life, and we have no qualms with that because we, we tend to work well with other, uh, other bookkeepers and accountants. Uh, and I've noticed that so far, all of the advisory clients, well, not all of them, maybe, let's say, 60% of the advisory clients that okay. have come on, uh, they, they have an external provider who's doing either the bookkeeping, the accounting, or maybe both of those. Okay. And so what we do is we're, we're then catching up with them and, and providing more of a, a CFO uh, service for them. Uh, okay. And the, the reporting is where we're using uh, Spotlight Reporting essentially to, to provide those reports. Uh, what I like about it is that you can actually add in your own stuff and you can customize like your executive summary section. So that's where we put a lot of our own info in and it, it kind of pads the report out a bit more. It, it makes it a lot more structured in terms of Okay, well, uh, you know, th this is how you actually have an advisory, an advisory board meeting, and I don't think advisory should be something that is stuck or, or um, what's the word I'm looking for? Anyway, Defined as one thing, like as yeah, it's, it's very different it, for like everyone, I guess. Everyone has a different exactly. de definition. Everyone has a different definition because your your like the the businesses that take on the full package of services. The, the advisory element there would be more, I'd say, be centered more around the, the tax and where, where they should be parking money, uh, yep. how they should be moving cash around. So we try and employ a, a profit first system as well. Uh, so get clients to set cash aside for certain obligations. Um, and so anyone that we are doing more of the, the CFO advisory for, that, that's a, a deep dive into their business. So it may be that we're looking at things like I know we are accountants, but we're also responsible for where the money is moving. Okay. Uh, and generally Big responsibility. At, exactly. Uh, generally, we look at things like you know what's happening with people and partnerships, uh, the internal uh -huh. IT and, and technology systems, uh, the marketing. We, we don't actually do the marketing, but we're looking at you know are you spending money in the right areas? Are you actually doing enough marketing? Is there an ROI on that marketing? Uh, then you're looking at things like governance. Uh, you're looking at the organizational structure. Because ideally, what we want to do is get our business owners who currently are on the tools involved in the day-to-day -day running of the business to a point where that business serves them as a vehicle to fund wealth. Yep. Uh, so if you can get the business to a, a decent profitability, you can then allow them to build their wealth for the, the longer term. Because uh, I don't know about you, but most people that I've come across uh, they've they've entered or gone into business for a reason. And of course, yeah. Nine times out of ten, that the reason is to improve their life, whether it be from a peace of mind perspective, you know, to have some sort of wealth, or just to have more time. And yeah. I think if you're if you've got a plan, uh, th that generally tends to to snowball as you move forward with time. And mm. uh, I suppose our role in that whole process is making sure that they're getting accurate numbers throughout the process. Uh, we find some some tax wins for them, and allow them to utilize that to actually build wealth for the longer term. And if we can offer them asset protection as well, uh, I don't think that that's a, a bad thing. 
Yeah, a lot going on there, but I guess it's all a collaboration for a you asked a goal very simple it. question and I responded. <laughs> <laughs> that that's okay. <laughs> War and peace. <laughs> War and peace. No, but um yeah, no, it's definitely collaboration for that, that common goal. And I guess, you know, you find out um there's this former FBI negotiator that I listened to. His name's um Chris Voss, and he has this um consultancy firm called black swan i guess consultancy group something like that um but the whole name black swan is he he describes that you know every person you meet there's a black swan about them there's something that you don't know um about that person that is going to change the entire deal for the better or the worse um and the reason it's called black swan is because well in north america that type of that part of the world there's only white swans and we didn't think there was ever such thing as a black swan until um someone discovered them i guess in good old australia which i think they're native there um but yeah so that's the black swan everyone everyone has has one 100 percent. i think he he he's got a book as well isn't he yeah, 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 he's got a book. He does some classes. Um, yeah, no, very articulate guy, and I can't recommend him enough. Um, it's something that really just helps. I mean, it helps me in my job. It would help you in your job talking to clients, or just help you talking to anyone, or even um, getting like you know discounts at like a restaurant if you're like your food's not like up to standard. You know, you're just more comfortable asking for things. So Life it's is great. a negotiation, isn't it? Oh, hundred percent. Someone else's terms or on your terms, and uh, you know, now that you mention it, sales is uh, it's largely negotiation, right? And yep. uh, as an accountant, that's something I've I've struggled with in the past, and I don't mm. think I'm alone because our training. Hundred percent, you're not alone. Work yeah. on the tools, crunching numbers, uh, talking to people, and being able to sell. Uh, that, that's something I've had to learn on my own, and you know, I I think. Uh, if if I wasn't open to learning new things and maybe experimenting to an extent, I probably would still be behind the, well, I'm right now behind the desk, but uh, I probably would <laughs> still be behind the desk, behind the scenes, uh, not not having too much client contact and, and that sort of thing. Uh, your traditional accountant uh, scenario. But uh, yeah. Being able to step outside of that bubble has, uh, I suppose, it's introduced me to people like yourself and uh, yeah. opened up the door to conversations like these. Yeah, 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 definitely stuff outside your comfort zone. That's how, that's how you grow and meet meet people. Hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, awesome. That's probably a good, uh, I guess, good place to wrap up. We've um, we've talked a lot about a lot, and um, I just thank you so much for. Coming this on, has been... to be the most incohesive interview you've done because I think I, I went <laughs> round round robin with the stuff that we, we spoke about. Hopefully no, that's okay. It makes for some entertaining listening. 